With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour one. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Always happy to have you call in. Um, I, so I was going to start with the Biden campaign plan, and I'll get to that. But then uh, I'm, I'm blaming Philip here because he put something in the stack of stuff. And I decided, you know what? I've been meaning to talk about this issue for a couple of weeks here comes this data from a from polling of 3,000 voters, and it, it kind of locks in with some thoughts I've been having, and, and I might as well start the show with this because I'm actually really more interested in this than kind of the lay of the land and the presidential politics, which we'll get to. We've got to get to some of the Hunter Biden stuff as well and what's going on in Israel being vastly misrepresented by the American public. But let's start here. There's been a massive survey of registered voters across the country. And I the polling shows something I have intuitively thought for a while. And let me begin by saying you and I are not normal. And I don't mean that uh, pejoratively at all. I don't mean that critically. You and I are not normal. If you're listening to me right now, you tend to pay attention to the news and politics more than most people. And in fact, in this survey of registered voters, half of Americans have done nothing political in the last six months. A third of Americans have posted something about politics on social media. 22% of Americans have called or written an elected official at the local, state, or federal level. But only 8% have attended a rally or a protest. And only about 20% of Democrats and 18% of Republicans are regularly engaged in politics. Now, you you can see this to a degree. 20% of Democrats or progressives engage regularly in politics. The This is an, another from, from separate polling, and this is the other thing I find fascinating the less frequently you go to church, the more frequently you engage in politics on a bipartisan basis, Democrat and Republican, the less likely you are to be in a church setting or a religious setting, a church, a synagogue, a mosque, the more likely you are to engage in politics. Politics becomes your religion. But so Democrats tend to be less likely to go to church than Republicans, 
and you see more Democrats regularly involved in politics than Republicans. Uh, the Republicans who are involved in politics um, tend to be the Republicans who they consider themselves Christians, but they don't actually go to church. Now, I, I find this fascinating because, you know, we've had the Jason Aldean controversy. We've had the, the Sound of Freedom controversy. We've had all these other things happen, and I'm noticing a propensity among some on the right now to have their their politically branded outlets. There's the the politically branded beer, the politically branded um, company space, the politically branded movies for the right. And, and you've seen this with Christians for a while, too. Uh, Sound of Freedom is a well-acted, very good, well-produced movie. A lot of the Christian movies that are out there are really garbage. They're designed to try to get Christians into theater, but they're absolutely dreadful movies. This is one of my great criticisms of the conservative movement these days is that when they try to do culture, they do such a botched, cheesy job of it. It's embarrassing. Nobody wants to go see your movie. I've got some friends in Hollywood. Uh, One of them has been a scriptwriter in the past, and he's done very good subversive movies and television shows that that ultimately had a conservative message, but they were not explicitly conservative. And some of them, ironically, somewhat um, shunned by conservatives because of where they came from and what they were about. But if you actually paid attention to the plot, you realize they were subversively conservative. So one of his frustrations with some of the cultural engagement now from the right is that if it's not explicitly, I'm going to plant my flag, we're going to pray to Jesus, and we're going to make sure everyone knows this is for Christian conservatives, then you've got a segment of the community that's like, oh, I'm not going to participate in that. Not everything is supposed to be political, and this survey actually gives me hope. When half of Americans, regardless of their political views, aren't regularly engaging with politics. We are becoming too political. I don't want politics in my beer or my bourbon or my pizza. Don't want politics in my tacos. I don't want politics in my toilet paper. I don't want politics in my car. Uh, It's interesting to me how reactionary so much left-wing politics are right now. Uh, The number of people I have seen actually posting online a number of places, uh, left-wing sites that I had no desire to see the Barbie movie until Ben Shapiro hated it. So Ben Shapiro controls your life. You are admitting that Ben Shapiro controls your life because you weren't going to go see a movie except he hated it. Therefore, you had to go and you had to like it. Whether you liked it or not, you're going to like it because he hated it. Ben Shapiro is controlling you. Uh, The people whose lives are so wrapped up in politics, they're letting other people control them. And it leads them to bad places. I'm really fascinated by the reactionary politics of people on the left and the right these days. For example, try that in a small town, Jason Aldean's song. I'm I'm willing to defend him. I think the controversy is overwrought. It's silly. It's based on a few angry, malcontented souls on Twitter who have pronouns in their bio who shouldn't be taken seriously. The song is not a good song. It's not a good song. And I noted on Twitter this morning, I said, "Have we, are we a week enough a pass that I can note, uh, try it in a small, try that in a small town isn't actually a good song? 
And the number of people are like, you shouldn't say, you have to defend him. You have to listen to the song. No, I don't. It's not a very good song. I don't like the song. I don't care that you like it or don't like it. I personally don't like the song. I'm happy to defend him. I, I, I think the controversy is dumb. I think it's a mountain out of molehill. I think they're interpreting it badly, but I don't like the song. And then several people are like, you have to like the song because of the controversy. No, you you don't have to like the song. You can say it's a bad song, but it's a stupid controversy. But some people, you can't do that. You cannot do that. You have to embrace all of it, every bit of it. Three in 10 voters say they've posted about politics on social media. That's the most common activity of people who are engaged in politics, and, not, and that's not bad. Now, they didn't survey how many listen to, to talk radio, how many watch Fox News. The number's probably higher than that. Based on ratings, I suspect that number's higher than that, but you're not really engaging with politics. You're not uh, shunning your friends. I was talking to a buddy of mine just the other day. He said he got blocked by a friend on uh, Facebook. And and the, he was shocked that he realized he's not friends with this person on Facebook anymore. And it was one hundred percent the person had compi- the person who blocked him had confided in another friend that this person had decided to start shutting out of his lives the people who didn't see politics the same way as him because he thought they were ruining the world. And this particular person was whipped into a frenzy over climate change. And so he is shutting off his friendships with people who disagree with him on the issue because he thinks climate change is the biggest issue. And if you don't agree with him, he has no time to be your friend. That's kind of insane, is it not? How did we become this people? where politics indwells us into everything, that we got to go buy the conservative beer, we've got to go buy the conservative pizza, we got to go buy the conservative book, we got to go see the conservative movie, we got we got to do the conservative thing. I, I'm an American, and I want the good thing. I don't want the conservative thing because most of it is run by hucksters and grifters who want to sell me garbage, nothing that's actually good. I, I just, I want to go... I want to go find the small brewery with the beer that I like. I want to go to the restaurant with the food I enjoy, not because the owner posted some political meme that makes sure I know he's a conservative. And most people are with me on this. Most people are with me on this, and the data shows most people are with me on this. What I find appalling, though, are the people who aren't. They're the people who are convinced that we must engage politically in this particular way with this particular topic, and everything must become political, that, that they're angry with the rest of us for opting out and saying, I just want a, I want a good life. I want to enjoy things. I don't want politics and everything. And these people are like, no, it's got to be. You have to have politics and everything. And they are the most miserable people. the most miserable people. And we're seeing this on the left more than the right. Look how miserable they are. There's a big heat wave in the country. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of the coverage of the heat wave is premised on temperature readings from locations that are covered in asphalt, which absorbs the heat. The big story last week, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, while I was out in Las Vegas, was the heat wave in Phoenix, Arizona. But 10 miles, 10 miles from the 
thermometer at the Phoenix International Airport was a different thermometer in Tempe, Arizona, and it was 10 degrees cooler than the thermometer at the Phoenix International Airport where all the media was taking its temperature reading, talking about the extreme heat. But guess what? That heat at that runway, well, it was heat off the runway. You've got big, heavy jets landing on that runway, baking in the sun, black asphalt reflecting the the heat into the uh, thermometer, showing a disproportionately high heat wave where 10 miles away, it was 10 degrees less. And you didn't hear that in the media, but it's true. Y'all, the media is driving hysteria over climate change because it is a political, religious belief for them. They're trying to scare you. And people are doing it now on the right as well that you have to support this product. You have to buy this product. You can't just go to the grocery store and get generic product. I know progressives. You know there's an app. I've mentioned this before that progressives use where they can go to the grocery store. They can scan the UPC label on a product and determine if the parent company of the product has given to Republicans so they don't have to buy it. Life is too short for me to figure out whether or not that's the case. Life is too short for me to figure out what's political and not political at the grocery store. I just want the good product. I don't want the political product. And it's why I begin here with you with this instead of diving straight into the red meat politics of stuff because I personally find this all exhausting. And if I find it exhausting, you've got to be exhausted by it because I am a political creature. I am a political animal. I was elected to office. I've run political campaigns. I've run a political website. I do political talk radio. And if I'm exhausted by the nonstop demands of the cultural zeitgeist on the right to be political with everything, with my choices and where I eat and the cigars that I smoke and and the beer that I buy and the TV shows that I watch and on and on and on, it's got to be exhausting for you. I Solidarity with you people. That's all I'm saying here. Life is too short to be miserable about politics because there will be another election two years hence where things will typically change. You may not always get your way, but life is too short to make politics your god. Politics is a cruel mistress. Make it your god. It's even more cruel. And we're seeing people on the left do that, and they're miserable. But about a fifth of people on the right are as well. And the commonality between the two is that they're they're not involved in their communities. They're not they're not churched or mosqued or they're not going to temple or synagogue. They're not plugged in to a community of people outside of politics. Every single person in their sphere of influence is political. That's drawn them more political, and that's driven their misery. It's driven their anxiety. It's driven their unhappiness. I suspect of those of you listening to me right now. If you are happy and generally optimistic about your life, you are not completely absorbed by and surrounded and wrapped up within politics. And for those of you who are miserable and angry about the future and angry about what's happening in Washington, if you want to be less angry, don't plow your hopes and dreams and ambitions and fears and desires into winning the next election. Plug them into a friend group that isn't so focused on politics. It's good for your health. It's good for your sanity. It's good for the country that 50% of this country is completely detached from politics except at the election. It's actually good for this country. It sounds bad, but no, a disengaged electorate that is caring about their lives, their kids, their jobs, their work, and not about what happens in Washington actually 
provides us stability in this country, it's not a bad thing. The bad thing is being just obsessed, obsessed to the nth degree with politics because that makes you angry because you don't always win. You don't always win at life either. But at least with life without politics, you're surrounded by people who can make you laugh and care about other things and get you distracted. Politics is a cruel mistress. It's even a crueler god. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. You know, talking about people just make everything political these days, Governor Ron DeSantis was in a car accident in Chattanooga this morning, and the the number of people who don't like him, who were upset he wasn't injured or wanted to criticize him, man was in a car wreck. He is fine, though. Uh, it was a car accident in Tennessee on Tuesday. The statement from Brian Griffin, his press secretary says, this morning the governor was in a car accident while traveling to an event in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He and his team are uninjured. We appreciate the prayers and well wishes of the nation for his continued protection while on the campaign trail. A Chattanooga Police Department spokesman told Fox News the crash happened on I-75 South around 8.15 a.m. after the front vehicle in DeSantis's four-car motorcade slowed down suddenly to avoid traffic in front of them, which caused the pileup. A female staff member suffered minor injuries and was treated on site. Traffic camera video from the Tennessee Department of Transportation Smartway cameras showed police and other first responders on the scene. And people wanted to jeer this. People whose lives have got too political. Shame on them. Glad he's doing okay. Uh, he's back on the campaign trail already. Now, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Uh, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is an air purifier. It gets rid of the dust, the pollen, the mold, the mildew, bacteria floating in the air. Uses electrostatic plates. It's not, uh, doesn't have filters. You don't have to replace filters. You don't have to get a subscription to filters. Here's how I use it. I don't actually use it as an air purifier. I use it as an odor eliminator. Uh, if I have, a true story, gotten a rental car before, and the rental car, someone was smoking something <clears throat> in the rental car. It stunk to high heaven. My mom thought I'd run over a skunk. I was like, no, mom, I assure you it wasn't a skunk. I put the Pure Thunderstorm in the car. You can connect it with a USB cord in a car and fired it up, walked away, got rid of the, got just wiped out the odor. Uh, hotel rooms, you can plug it into the wall. 
You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. You just put my name in. Eric is your discount code. A friend of mine, Pam, had an animal die in her wall at her house. You know what that smells like? Have you ever experienced it? She used the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, wiped out the odors. I've done similar. I know other people who have as well. They work. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. The discount code is Eric. You can get three of them for less than $200. Hello and welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, there is breaking news. We need to get to the breaking news happening right now. 35 after the hour, UPS and the Teamsters are announcing that they have resolved their contract issues. There will be no strike. Uh, the Teamster Union uh, member rank and file will vote on the agreement August 3rd. The Teamsters declaring it a big win. The Teamsters had wanted a big deal with UPS or a strike to get what they wanted from UPS because they don't really care about UPS so much as they're trying to win the business of the Amazon drivers who are unionizing. And the Teamsters wanted to show that they are the logical fit, given what they do with UPS and others, for the Amazon union. So they've been driving a hard bargain. UPS is going to put $30 billion in new money on the table. Here are the deals. Uh, wage increases for full-timers will bring their average top rate to $49 per hour, making them the highest paid delivery drivers in the United States. Part-time hires at UPS would start at $21 per hour, up from $15 in the previous contract. The agreement ends a much-hated two-tier worker classification system where some were paid less for doing essentially the same work. Uh, they will get Martin Luther King Jr. Day as a holiday for the first time in UPS history, and there will be no forced overtime. That's breaking news happening right now. The Teamsters and United Parcel Service, UPS, have reached a tentative agreement. The rank and file of the Teamsters Union will vote on August 3rd as to whether or not they are happy with the deal. The Teamsters Union strongly urging the rank and file to support the deal. They think they've gotten a lot out of it. UPS is very happy. They won't be shut down. The Biden administration breathing a massive sigh of relief. The Biden administration was afraid of a work stoppage would have gone into effect at uh, midnight, August 1st, if they couldn't arrive at a deal. House Democrats backing the Teamsters Union, the White House saying they were going to stay out of it. But as the president begins touting Bidenomics, if this went south on everybody and caused economic turmoil because UPS is the biggest delivery company in the country, they could have spurred on economic developments that weren't good, and they were really, really, really worried inside the White House that uh, there may be no deal. The Teamsters had no reason to get an acceptable deal if they thought they could strike and get more. And again, it's because not because of UPS, it's because of Amazon. The Teamsters are making a big play to get that business. So they wanted to show the Amazon employees they're willing to play hardball to get a good deal. So they weren't afraid to strike. UPS, of course, knew that going into this as well and had a lot of pressure from other companies to try to come up with a negotiated deal with uh, the Teamsters to avoid that strike uh, because people don't want to embolden the Teamsters any further right now. Meanwhile, the White House gets a win to a degree because there will be no strike and no particular economic carnage as a result. So happening right now, if you're just tuning in, UPS and the Teamsters have a deal. There will be no strike at the end of July 31st. Now, let's get to the phones, 877-973-7425. David, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. 
Good afternoon, sir. I just wanted to validate a point you said just a little while ago about the global warming. I've shot down many of extreme leftists about my theory on why the Earth is getting a little warmer. I made the comment to your caller, like on our grocery retail. I said, guys, if we go into, if we're at a parking lot, we put a thermometer on that parking lot, let's say it's 90 degrees outside. We go inside for an hour, we come back outside, is that thermometer going to read 90 degrees? No, it's not. And I said, if there's global warming also, I said, now if you go to downtown Atlanta, why are they hotter generally in downtown than outside the perimeter? There's more asphalt, there's more skyscrapers with windows that reflect heat, there's more cars, there's more metal. And the other point I was making to these left stream extremists, if we have global warming, why do we still have record highs in the 1900s? Yeah. And if there's global warming, why do we still have winters? Right. You know, it, I just wanted to validate. Well, look, what you David, were I, I'm glad you about. said that. And what I find very notable, what people miss, is that these um, weather gauges that were begun being put up in the late 1800s into the 1900s by the U.S. government around the country, uh, many of them were not in places of massive development, and now virtually all of them are. Uh, the heat sink that is concrete is skewing the picture. Now, I'm not saying the world's not getting warmer. I I'm, have moved over time to the camp that, yes, we are seeing an, an increase in temperatures in the world beyond those temperature spikes. We are seeing the phenomenon. I do, however, believe it continues to be overstated by the people who get grants based on their fear scenarios. I do think that um, there's more natural phenomenon going on than what they claim. I do also think it's manageable and adaptable, and we have to keep in mind that many of these temperature probes are in places of um, economic growth, lots of asphalt and concrete where there used not to be any. And I find it notable that in Phoenix, Arizona, 10 miles from the temperature reading that the media played up, the other temperature reading was uh, off by 10 degrees. So I've got a little little thermometer that I keep on the side on my side porch. It's a wireless thermometer. It plays with Apple uh, HomeKit. I can, wherever I am, see what temperature it is outside. In the mornings, it's great. I can ask um, my, my Apple devices, hey, Dingus, what's the temperature outside? And it tells me. But in the afternoon, in the summer, it's off. Because as the sun is going down, uh, after about 2 o'clock, the sun reaches over into the side porch. Yesterday, I went to the gym after the show. It was 94 degrees outside, except on my side porch. My car said it was 94 degrees when I got home at 4.30 from the gym, 94 degrees. My side porch told me it was 130 degrees outside. It was 130 degrees on my side porch where that temperature gauge had the sun directly beamed at it. I mean, the, the sun was directly on it. It was 130 degrees. Was it really 130 degrees on my side porch? No, I stood right by the thing. It's like, ah, you know, I need to put this thing in the shade where the sun's not beating right down on it because it, it throws it off. That's, that's just the reality of it. But the media is whipping people into frenzy. Now, now let, let's, let's step back a little further from this because th this has some implications. There is, there's more and more data out there that kids, particularly children from 
politically active progressive households. And that's the key data point you have to keep in mind. All of the studies that show the, the ramp up of mental health problems, there are lots of kids having more depression after lockdowns and isolation and all that. There, there are more kids with it. But the kids who are most depressed in the United States of America come from left of center, politically active households. There are copious amounts of research on this. If you are in a left-wing, politically active household, you're more likely to, to be prone to bouts of despair and depression. You believe the world is coming to an end. We're all going to die. We've hit the tipping point. Climate change is breaking us. Your rights are under attack by, by right-wing authoritarians. Uh, you, you're triggered by free speech. You're miserable. Your parents, if you're a progressive kid and you're listening to this, your parents have made you miserable. If you are a progressive parent, you're making your kids miserable. You're giving your children trauma because of your rage, anger, and despair about the state of things in the United States when actually things are really good. To my fellow conservatives, we don't like Joe Biden and we don't like the progressive agitation and corporations and stuff, but we're still well off in this country. We're still a great country. And ironically and interestingly, all of the data suggests that what I just said is accepted by most people on the right. There's maybe 15% of people on the right who were mad at me for saying we're actually still well off. We're a great nation. We, we, we got flaws, but we're better than we were 20 years ago even. Economically, we are. We got cultural problems. We recognize the cultural problems, but we're still a great nation. We're still better off than we were. And about 15% of people on the right will be mad at me for saying that, and I will inevitably get hate mail from that 15%. But the vast array of other people out there, the 85% the, the or so listening right now who will hear that will be like, yeah, you're right. On the left, however, on the left, it's about 50%. You go from 15% on the right who would be mad at me for saying we're actually still a great country and things are really good right now, whether you believe it or not. We don't like Joe Biden, but the country's good. 15% of people on the right be angry with that. You tell people on the left, actually, the world's really okay right now. Yeah, okay, maybe there's global warming, but we're not going to die. We can't adjust. We can't adapt. Um, your rights really aren't under attack. You are fine. This country is a good country. You still can be left alone in this country to live your best life now with your progressive values. 50% of people on the left get mad at me for saying that because they do not believe it's true. They really do believe that we, the Christ of fascists of America, are coming to put them in chastity belts and lock them away and get them pregnant and, and then make them have the child, the men included. Some of the men are kind of intrigued by that. They really do believe that the world is going to burn and we're all going to die because of their next door neighbor with the SUV. They really do believe that their girls are going to be living some handmaid's tale. They really do believe that the right is coming to destroy them. They are miserable because of it. They hear the fear scenarios in the media about the glaciers melting and the, the polar bears dying and, and the uncontrollable heat. They're miserable people. Miserable people. So you got 15% of people on the right, and that number's growing, by the way. That is a concern of the right. It's 15% right now, and that number's growing. It's going to be 20% soon, about a fifth of conservatives who are angry and miserable. They happen to be the loudest ones online, too. 
but it's about half of progressives are miserable, half of them, because they don't have a hope in eternity. They just have the here and now. they got to build their utopia here, and they can't seem to get their utopia built because there's this thing called a voter, and these voters get tired of them and throw them out of office. They put the Republicans back in charge, and there goes their effort to build their utopia. This is going to provoke some authoritarianism on their side as well. But it's given them bouts of despair, and their kids are the most miserable, most oppressed, and most prone to suicidal thoughts because of their parents' hysteria. And that's sad. That is sad. They need to get out of it for the sake of their kids. All right, let me go to Jody real quick. Jody, welcome to the show, Jody. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. What you got for me? Oh, so I, I was listening to one of your um, segments on the climate change uh, last week or so. And, uh, you know, last year I was up at Seward, Alaska, and, you know, you start going around to these glaciers, and they got the Ford Glacier that's up there. And when you're entering the, the National Park, you start seeing all these numbers that are at the entrance coming in. And they're from the late 1800s. And, you know, as you get to the entrance, they range up to the early 1900s. But you're like, what's 1951 mean? What's 1972 mean? And, and when you get up around 2010, you realize all those numbers are where the glacier was at that point in time. And over the period of, I don't know, 150 years, whatever it might be, is uh, you can see where the glacier has melted. Back then, the glacier was 20, 20 miles wide as to where now it's nowhere near that. So it does melt at a faster rate at what it looks like. But people really don't see that or they, they don't know any of that's going on. But when you see that, it just really kind of, puts the whole thing sort of a little more in perspective that, you know, it is climate change, but this stuff's been going on since the late 1800s. Yeah, you know, and also uh, keep in new. mind, the glaciers move as well, that they actually do slowly move over time um, towards the sea. I mean, it's ice and it's sliding over the rocks over time. So it's not just melting, it's also advancing. And remember, the Biden administration, the Biden administration last year just took down the signs at Glacier National Park that the Obama administration put up in the uh, after 2008 that those glaciers would all be melted by 2020 at, at Glacier National Park. They literally had signs at Glacier National Park. This glacier is expected to be gone by 2020 due to anthropogenic climate change. The Biden administration just took those signs down because the glaciers at Glacier National Park are still there. And yet they scared all those kids on the left. Now, I don't want to scare you about this, but school is coming back, and you might need a laptop or a desktop computer for your kid. If you do, you should reach out to Vision Computers. They can save you some money by building your kid what they actually need for school as opposed to just the generic one-size-fits-all box that you're going to get at your local department store. They can build the computer for you, and they can also be tech support for you and your family. So if your kid is writing his term paper and something happens on the computer and you think you lost it, Vision might be able to save the term paper. It might be able to save you some heartache. They can do this for your business as well. Build your PCs for you and service them as your tech guys. You don't need in-house IT support. What you do is you call them at 404 Compute. Now, listen, I'm talking to those of you out in California. Listen to me out there as well. And those of you up in, in Connecticut, I'm talking to you as well. Vision Computer helps people nationwide. 404 Compute. 
Yes, they're in Atlanta, Georgia, but yes, they want to help you too, and they can. They can build your computer, get it to you, and oftentimes remote in to fix your computer. They have great tech support. 404 Computers, the number visioncomputers.com. If you call them at 404 Compute, you can ask them about the Eric Erickson Special. You will not see that at visioncomputers.com, but ask them about the Eric Erickson Special. Think about back to school. It's coming up. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, First Liberty can help your business grow. You buy in a building, you build in a building, you buy in a franchise, buy in a business partner or a competitor. That's the sort of deals they do. You need $250,000 or more, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for you and you for them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Well, you know, yes, dogs are often reflections of their owners. And Joe Biden's dog, Commander, has sent Secret Service, a Secret Service agent officer to the hospital and has bitten six others. This from the New York Post. Uh, Biden's nearly two-year-old German Shepherd commander bit seven people in a four-month period after former first dog major was ousted from the White House over similar aggressive behavior. The shocking spate of incidents involving commander, none of them previously reported, mirrors attacks involving major. So, y'all, when you're, you got two dogs in a row biting people. I know people with German Shepherds and their dogs are fine. We have two German Shepherds in a row, the Biden White House, that are biting the Secret Service agents. That's kind of a reflection of the owner. Dogs feed off the energy of the owners. What is going on in the Biden family that his dogs have gotten that temperamental? Records show Commander broke the skin of a Secret Service member's hand and arm weeks after the president unleashed him outside the White House following a family movie night. And the following month, Commander bit the back of a security technician at his Delaware home. The first family's new headache comes as House Republicans begin their focus on Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, Hunter's closest associate, is expected to testify next week. We'll get in to the Hunter Biden allegations here in a little bit. Uh, but two German shepherds in a row in the White House biting Secret Service agents and others. That's a reflection on Biden, not the dogs, on Biden. Any person who trains dogs will tell you when your dog is biting people, the dog is feeding off of your energy. That's not good. Now, when we come back, in Israel, yes, we got to talk about Israel first because there is so much misreporting on what's happening in Israel and there's a tie-in to the current debate over the U.S. Supreme Court. It's very fascinating to watch the media get the story out of Israel completely wrong, and I believe it's malicious. I don't think it's that they don't know. I think it's that they don't care that they're getting it wrong because they're nursing an agenda against Bibi Netanyahu, and you should at least know the truth of what's going on with the Israeli Supreme Court fight. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.